Today we celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. As individuals during this month, we all have our traditions. Perhaps you're deciding at whose table you will sit on Christmas Day, what part of the family will go one location on Christmas Eve, another Christmas Day, selecting the right kinds of presents for the right kinds of people. As a church family, we also have our traditions, the parade of flags, the hanging of the green, Sunday school parties, the Broughton Christmas, gathering together to deliver cards to those who are homebound. But one of the great traditions of Christmas is a reminder that we are called to be God's people and that being a part of God's people is to remember those individuals in different places. The flags represent those places in the world where there are Christian witnesses that we are aware of. The black flag signifies there are yet people groups and places that have yet to have heard the, to, have, who have yet to hear the gospel. Our church goal for this year is a missions collection of $12,200. We have two primary ways that we offer for the giving of your Christmas offering. One is through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And then there is the Global Missions offering, which is a part of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Whatever method or medium you choose, that is your choice. But let us always remember during the season to give. We have a world that is in darkness in so many ways. May we shine and give the light that we can to these causes. Thank you. Good morning and welcome. I ask that you all please join me as we pray to our Father in heaven. Dear Lord, we come to you to uplift all of these nations, Lord, and we come to you knowing that we are the light to the nations, but we are only the light to the nations because of you. And I pray that we remember, Lord God Almighty, that we do not bring peace to the world. We do not bring salvation to the world. We do not bring love and compassion to the world, but you. We are your tools. We are your servants that you use, Lord God, to spread your light to the world. And I pray, Lord God, that one day there'll be no need for a black flag, that your light will spread throughout all the nations, that all the countries in Europe, all the countries in Africa, all the countries in South America, all the countries in Asia, and all the countries in North America will bow before you, Lord, and uplift your name that your love and your compassion, your rule, your peace, and your light shine within the hearts of all of us. And that we humble ourselves to know that we are no better than any other. And that we are nothing more, Lord God Almighty, than your servants who are blessed to know your name and who are blessed to be given your light. May we all 
forever be servants in the participation of your mission to all the nations, Lord. And may your name forever reign in the hearts of humanity. Amen. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, please stand as we sing hymn number 77, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. I invite the children to come forward for a lesson on the step. Good morning. How are y'all doing after three days out of school and one big turkey day of eating? Good. And look what happened to the church this week. Lots of different things, aren't there? Before we start, I want to say, I want to invite you. You see the tree right up here? I know we have a Christmas parade this afternoon, but I sure do need all y'all to come back and help me finish the tree tonight. So at six o'clock, we have hanging of the green and the lights come on and the tree gets decorated, lots of special music. And I need all of you to help me finish the tree. Okay? All right, our scripture this morning comes from Psalm 33, verse 20. We wait in hope for the Lord. 
You know, this is a hard time of the year. Because you know what? I'll bet you there's boxes like this appearing everywhere in your house, aren't there? Not yet. There will be soon, I can imagine. And I'll bet you some of you pick them up and go and wonder what's in there. Did you ask Santa Claus for something that was this little that could go in this box? You did? No, you asked for big things. Well, we have to wait. We have to wait and hope that what's in this box is something we ask for. And sometimes we get surprises. And they're sometimes even the best things we could get. But long time ago, there was a couple that were waiting and hoping. And they had a long time to do this because it was Mary and Joseph. And they were walking and riding on the back of a donkey. And this is where they were going. And there's nothing there yet, is there? Because baby Jesus hasn't been born. So their expectations, their waiting, and their hoping is still to come, just like yours is, except for one big thing. We know, really, that Jesus has already been born. But we know that in our heart, we can feel that excitement because Jesus brought us so much love because he's God's son. So even before Christmas Eve and even before we really know that Jesus is born, I want you to remember one thing that we've been talking about, and that's in our own way, we need to say thank you. Thank you, God, for the coming of your son. Thank you, God, for all the love and hugs and warmth that you give us every day. Thank you, God, for all the prayers you've answered this week from all these little hearts that have talked to you in their own special way. So as the Christmas season comes, we know that baby Jesus is going to come and be in our nativity scene. So this week, remember, as the excitement builds, as we wait and hope to say thank you, God, for your son and for all that he's done for us. Can we pray? Thank you, God, for these children, for their hearts, for their open arms that welcome you into their lives every day. As they ask you in their own simple way, we know you listen and we know you answer and we say thank you. It's through your son, Jesus. Amen. The season of Advent recalls the children of Israel's waiting and longing and watching for the promised Messiah. It reminds us of the building excitement when John the Baptist began quoting the prophet Isaiah. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. 
And as John baptized all who came in a spirit of repentance, he told them, There cometh after me one mightier than I, the strap of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Just imagine how exciting that must have been to know the years of waiting were almost over. The Messiah is almost here. In this season of Advent, we prepare to celebrate Christ's birth, but we are also preparing as his church for his triumphant return. In a few minutes, we will sing the fourth verse of hymn number 76, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, followed by a chorus that is printed in your bulletin. As we sing together, you may want to think about what we as a body of believers might do to prepare the way of the Lord in our community. Or you might want to ponder how you might prepare the way of the Lord in your own heart this season. Please stand as we sing together the fourth verse of hymn 76. great start to our Advent season this morning. Before I pray, I do want to mention several prayer concerns this morning. Some of you may be aware, um, Annie Mae Bridges this morning uh, began to feel faint and passed out in Sunday school, and uh, she is now better. She is at home, 
and resting. Uh, it is believed that her blood pressure may uh, have went down fairly low this morning, but we want to continue to remember her in your prayers. Again, that was Annie Mae Bridges. Also, this last week, I was talking with Cheryl. As many of you know, Cheryl Daves, um, uh, her husband Ken is in a rehab facility in Mount Holly, and I was speaking with her and also discovered that her mother fell, Mildred Arnold, who's a member here, and uh, she fell this last week and is in Spartanburg with Cheryl's brother, her son, and so we want to be in prayer for her as she recovers from this fall. Again, that was Mildred Arnold. Also, Thurlin Osborne this morning, uh, I appreciate the one who left the note. I don't know who that was, but I, uh, I appreciate that, that uh, informing us that his brother has passed away in Kentucky. Many of you have known Thurlin for many years, and Thurlin and Sophie now aren't able to come each Sunday. And so let's be in prayer for Thurlin and Sophie as, as they are now in Kentucky in the passing of his brother there. Also, I want to inform the church that this next Sunday, after the morning worship service, there will be a called business meeting uh, to uh, present to you a youth candidate for our part-time youth minister position. This candidate will be present and share with our youth this Wednesday night at 6, so I would encourage our youth to be there for that. And then on Thursday morning, uh, this individual's resume will be available uh, to the church at large. And so again, you can pick up that resume or it'll be available here in the office on Thursday. And then Wednesday night, this person will meet with the youth. Uh, they will also be with us during the service this next Sunday to share in testimony. And again, uh, will be voted on in the called business meeting next Sunday. So I say that in the midst of the morning prayer uh, for you to keep that as an uh, item on your prayer list this week. So it's good to see each of you here this morning. Let's go now to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, the author of Psalm 95 invites us to come and to bow down and worship. He invites us to kneel before the Lord, our maker. He reminds us that we are the people of your pasture and the flock under your care. Father, this morning we ask that you would take your flock and as distracted and as wayward as we may be at times, that Father, you would forgive us for our vain pursuits. Forgive us for placing the things of this world as more important than you. We come this morning, Lord, here on the first Sunday of Advent, waiting with a spirit of anticipation, desiring your fellowship, desiring that our worship and that our communion this day be pleasing to you. Lord, give us hearts and minds that are hungry, that are anticipating a word from you, not only this day, but throughout this season. Prepare us, Lord, for your coming, both in the season of Advent and as we continue to be in the season of your second Advent. Lord, teach us to live lives that are pleasing to you. Bless those this morning that need that special touch. We pray for Mildred Arnold. We pray uh, for Annie Mae Bridges, for Ken and Cheryl Daves, for Thurlin Osborne and his family. Lord, we pray for this one who we have been in discussion with in regards to uh, the youth position here at Bowling Springs. We ask that your will be done in his life and in the life of our church. We ask that your will be done as he shares this Wednesday and as we vote next Sunday morning. We thank you for the wonderful ministries that take place here in Boiling Springs Baptist Church, both here at our scheduled meeting times and, Lord, throughout the week at other times as well. Father, it is our desire to be your presence, to be that steadfast presence and voice of hope and of good news as we go about our daily lives, as we go home to our families and into our communities and our places of work. Father, bless us this day. We desire to meet with you, and Lord, we desire to hear from you this day. 
Help us, Lord, as we wait, as we wait and celebrate the, your birth, as we wait, Father, for your uh, coming again. And Lord, help us to be faithful as we wait. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing hymn number 79. Let's pray. 
Father, we bow before you grateful. You have blessed us better than we deserve. Father, we're thankful for this season of the year. And God, I pray that you would accept our offering today. Father, that we would give with a cheerful heart, a loving heart, and the merciful heart that you show us. Thank you again. Most of all, for your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'm reading from Luke 21, 25 through 36. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. While they're tuning, I would like to acknowledge all the extra effort that went into bringing this Advent arrangement to you. Uh, Dr. Billings for stepping in in Cheryl's absence to learn something that's pretty difficult, and of course Sherry for playing the organ and our orchestra members, um, Sierra, Hannah, Malcolm, Lana, Jeremy, and of course, our wonderful choir.
Thank you, Roger, the choir, the accompanist, for that beautiful piece this morning. And thank you, Dr. Billings, for assisting this, leading us with piano this morning. Uh, it is my hope and prayer that each of you has had a good Thanksgiving week, uh, some time with family and friends and some good food, and uh, I, I hope that very much for you. You know, it's interesting, I always think that uh, the same week as Thanksgiving, or really in the course of two days, you know, we're giving thanks for the simple things, and then the very next day is Black Friday, and so, you know, people are out spending money that they don't have on things they don't need, or, or you know, and so it, it's interesting. But one thing is true, if we're out in the midst of, of uh, the communities and out in the midst of the, the city shopping and preparing and, and with the hustle and bustle of Christmas, there's one thing that you will do this Christmas season, and that's wait. Uh, you will wait in traffic, and it's been interesting coming from Winston-Salem, you know, people will often tell me, you know, when graduation comes to Gardner-Webb, it's going to be tough out here, you know, and it, and it is for maybe a little while, but I may have to wait two minutes rather than, you know, just pulling out, whereas in Winston, sometimes that seems like I would sit there for about 10 minutes, so... Uh, there is a crowd when, when, uh, when the attendance rises, uh, when the attendance rises at, at Gardner Webb, that's for sure. But nevertheless, we're entering into a season where you and I have to practice, may, maybe use the word discipline of waiting, uh, whether it's waiting in line at the uh, store, whether it's waiting in traffic, but nevertheless, we find ourselves waiting, uh, waiting on a, you know, in a store, waiting for mail. And my goodness, some families, you know, we spend the time waiting to, to figure out the details. If you're like my family, you know, some families plan that, maybe yours five years in advance, you know, what are we doing this year, next year, next year? Whereas some families just say, well, when it gets close, we'll plan, you know? And um, we find ourselves the night before sometimes not knowing what we're doing. I read a conversation this week that I want to share with you. Uh, a child was um, conversing with God and he says, God, how long is a million years to you? And God said, well, it's about a second. And the child says, God, how much is a million dollars to you? And God says, it is but a penny to me. And then the child asks, God, can I have a penny? Of which God responds, it'll be just a second. <laughs> when it comes to preparing our hearts and our lives for the birth of our Savior, the church has a name for this period, and that name has been referred to this morning, and that is the season of what we call Advent. And the name uh, comes from a Latin root that means coming, and we await the coming of the Christ child. And also this morning, uh, we're going to talk about the fact that we are awaiting the second coming of Christ. I've heard it said that uh, the Advent wakes the church up to look in two directions, back upon the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem and forward to Jesus' return. And it's not uncommon for churches on this day to look in both directions. I'm thankful for Catherine for reading our text this morning. And as you may have been sitting there, and you're welcome to, I encourage you to keep your Bibles open to Luke 21, but it's a most peculiar passage. Um, the passage reads, uh, you know, about the end of the world, and we don't know quite what to make of it. Let me remind you of a couple of verses. In Luke 21, 25, Luke writes, Jesus' words, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars on the earth, uh, and on the earth dismay among the nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. The end of verse 26 reads, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Again, a complex passage, and we simply at times don't know, again, what to make of it. It reminds me of an old song that was popular back in the late 80s and early 90s by a group called R.E.M., uh, that's saying it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and yet I feel fine. 
We read about special events taking place in the earth and the sky in Luke 21. It leaves us leaves, uh, with leaves sprouting and people not passing away until Jesus' words have come to pass. But what I find interesting is it seems that after 2,000 years and counting of waiting for the end to come, it's hard to strum up much expectation. Joanne Brown says, we go about our lives as if nothing is happening, expecting nothing and no one. I grew up in a church where I heard numerous sermons about the end of days, all of which biblically, if you looked at the text, uh, were most accurate, but many of them came to different conclusions about how all of this would take place. The con conclusion that I have come to is that I inherently know that something bigger is at work. And as retired religion professor Dr. Uh, Van Mural from Garden Web that I had many years ago, who some of you know, he would say some of these things are simply too difficult for our pea brain minds to understand, is what he would often say to the class. So what are we to do while we wait? What are, what are we to do as we wait for these things? This waiting we find ourselves in has purpose. Most days when I'm here in the office or out just doing things, visiting and doing other things uh, here with Bowling Springs, um, I pick up Aiden from school, and sometimes I'll leave the office at 2 or before, and the ladies and others know in the office that school doesn't let out till 2.50. And I often tell them, they often see me leaving with a book in my hand or the, the cell phone, and I'll tell them, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to call these individuals, whoever it is that I may need to call right now. But the waiting that I do in waiting for my son to get out of school on most days has purpose. I'm returning phone calls, maybe I've been studying earlier in the day or visiting earlier in the day and I haven't had a chance to do that, so I'm returning phone calls or maybe uh, connecting with some individuals that I need to connect with, or maybe I'm reading, or maybe I'm listening to the radio for a little inspiration with some music, uh, but the waiting that I do is purposeful. Uh, now, if I'm in a rush or, or tied up in here at church, I, I don't always leave when I would like to, but on a typical day, I would like to leave a little earlier. Typically, most folks don't get excited about sitting and waiting. Uh, in, a, in a pickup line at school. However, as we're talking about the theme of waiting today, this waiting for me at the school has purpose. It allows me to step away from the office, to step away from my home, and to just simply be for a few minutes in my car with whatever agenda, or what, not agenda, but whatever things need to be, uh, need to be taken care of at this time. But this, this waiting has significance. The opposite would be like the waiting, again, that Dr. Seuss talks about in Oh, the Places You'll Go. And the reason I, says, the, the reason that I say, again, as I referenced this near the beginning of my time here, it's, it is one of my favorite books, and many of you know it. It's often given to graduates um, at the end of high school where it talks about, again, Oh, the Places You'll Go. But he talks about the waiting place as being a most useless place that has no meaning and no significance. And he uses these words. He says, for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or the bus to come or the plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to stow, or the waiting around for a yes or no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone's just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for the wind to fly a kite, waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. I would challenge you that our waiting for Jesus is not purposeless waiting. Verse 36 of Luke 21 challenges us to pray. And it asks God, in a sense, excuse me, it challenges us to pray. And as we do, let us ask God to break in 
to our complacency. Let us ask God to break into our complacency. Help us to raise our heads, to look up and be alert. Help us to believe and live in full expectation that something is happening in the world and in our lives. Verse 36 says, but keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that are about to take place to stand before the Son of Man. Backing up in verse 28, Luke writes, now when you see these things begin to take place, look up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Do you hear that? In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of our own um, in the midst of wars and rumors of wars, in the midst of oppression and poverty, in the midst of our own personal losses, we can raise our heads and look for the Lord because he is near. That is the message of hope and the message of Advent. Yes, we live with hope, but we are intimately acquainted as they were with the challenges presented by waiting for an event that often seems late in coming. We may be waiting for an event or a national global scale like full economic recovery. These are big things. We may be waiting for lower health care premiums. Uh, we may be waiting uh, for an end to the war on terrorism or to answers of questions about why things are the way they are in the world. Or we may be waiting more for a personal event like the results of a biopsy or other tests to come back from a doctor. We may be waiting for a letter or a phone call from an estranged child or family member the safe return of a loved one from a tour of duty. Whatever the case, we know the challenge of waiting, the stress of waiting, and the anxiety of waiting all too well, for we find ourselves there each day, waiting on something that is bringing us anxiety. In this context, Luke offers us a perspective that while it may not remove our waiting, it may affect the character of our waiting. We live, according to Luke, between two great poles of God's intervention in the world, the coming of Christ in the flesh and his triumph over death. This in-between time is where we find ourselves today, is where we find ourselves living life. And though it's fraught with tension, it's nevertheless, it's also characterized by hope as both the beginning and the ending of the church and therefore of our story, which has been secured by Christ. We are therefore free to struggle. We're therefore free to wait, to work, to witness, and indeed to live and die with hope because we know the end of the story. So to wait for Christ to come is not a passive waiting. To wait for Christ to come is to act in Christ's stead as fully as we know how right now. To be Christ to those who need us to be Christ to them the most. To bring his message of hope and of healing for unless we bring it, it may never be brought at all. Help us to be available, God, to be used of you and teach us to number our days. Help us to look to you to, during this season of waiting, to be prayerfully watchful and to know that you are doing big things in our world of which you invite us to play a part. You know, I'm so grateful. We've talked about this on Wednesdays and often here on Sunday mornings as well, that our God, the creator and the maker of the universe, the ruler and sustainer of all, the God who is, sits on his throne and is sovereign, desires to use you and use me or to, um, to, uh, to allow us to be his, his tools and his vessels to carry out his work in the world. Sure, there's a lot of things that God and, and all things that God can do himself, but the fact that he wants to have fellowship with us, the fact that he wants us to play a part and have a role in the working out of his kingdom here on this earth, should bring you and I great encouragement. The flawed vessels that we are, and yet as we wait, 
God's desire is to use us to be the, that, that tool and that messenger of hope in the midst of an uncertain world that we live in. Let us be the presence of Christ as we actively and prayerfully await his second coming. Who needs to be shown Christ in your circle of influence this morning? And how are you planning to show them the hope and the love and the good news that's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Wait, but pray while we wait for strength. And then one day, as the song says, we shall behold him. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him, or we shall behold him as he is. As we await this time when we shall behold him as he is, let us live lives that bring a message of hope and healing to a broken world. There's a lot about the second coming that I have yet to learn, that I still need to, to continue to study. When I approached this passage, I did so this week with fear and trepidation, trepidation in the sense that this, there's a lot to say here and a lot that could be said here. Uh, but nevertheless, the message of hope prevails, that in the midst of our waiting, we have a Savior who loves us, who desires to use us, as we wait not only for the birth of Christ, but as we wait for his second return as well, let us fill this period and time of waiting with hope, with the purpose, the meaning, and the significance that he would like to attribute to it. I look forward to that day, and I know you do as well, when we shall behold him. You know, there are times, I was thinking about the choir and the words, and I don't remember all of them, and thank you for that wonderful piece, Roger, but, you know, uh, there's always words, uh, or uh, there's always different responses to events, and sometimes a joyful response can be celebration with loud cheers and, and cymbals and instruments, and other times that celebration can be so somber, can be so um, uh, quiet that we're just simply in awe. How are you living in expectation of his second return? Are you living in expectation of the return of Christ? And how may the Lord want that expectation, this period of waiting, to bring about change in your life and in mine? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the, the wonderful things that this service has allowed to bring to our attention and to our minds. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father, and his role with us this day. Lord, as we've looked at a very complex passage of Scripture this morning, Lord, we admit there's a lot that we simply don't understand about the end of things. But Lord, help us to live with that spirit of hopeful and prayerful expectation that, Father, you are doing something big within the world, within our lives, and that, Father, you have allowed us to play a part in that. Father, help us with these things that we don't understand. Help us with these things that uh, we struggle with, with the anxieties that we uh, live with each and every day within our own personal lives and within our world. Father, we ask that we would look to you, that we would be prayerful, and we would be expectant that you are working and that you do desire to speak to your people. Father, we ask that we would behold you in your presence. Father, that uh, one day we are excited about the fact that we will see you as you are. And Father, until that day, help us to live lives of purpose, of meaning and significance as we wait. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing hymn number 196. Thank you. 
just one moment. Just want to make sure everybody's clear on what's going on in the upcoming week. So grab your bulletin on the back. You should see a listing of all the things that are taking place. Want to remind uh, everyone who is wanting to ride in the parade this afternoon that our spot number is 24. Number 24, uh, you need to be there at 240. 240, and that'll be on Main Street, just past the old John Deere place, uh, down probably somewhere around El Acapulco. I haven't seen the numbers out there just yet, but by 240, spot number 24. If you happen to want to leave the church, I'm going to be leaving here at 215. If you don't arrive with me, I'll be leaving here at 215 to go to spot number 24, so just wanted to remind you of that. Tonight is the Hanging of the Green. That's a special time for us as we um, celebrate and decorate the church together. It's a really uh, a participatory thing, so we'd love for everyone to be here tonight at 6 o'clock for that special service. want to just... I see that in the listings for today, Sunday, that the Remembrance Dinner is listed. That should be for next Sunday. Next Sunday afternoon, following worship, we have invited the widow and widowers to stay for lunch that afternoon. The staff invites you to be a part of that, and that's just a special uh, dinner for them. This coming Wednesday evening will be our last regular Wednesday evening missions, music, prayer meeting time for this year. So I want to invite you to be here for that. We will have our Wednesday evening meal this week. You'll see the menu listed in your bulletin for that. So just want to make you aware of that because the following week, December the 9th, will be our annual Broughton Christmas dinner, which is a very special time as well in our church. We will host some patients from Broughton and their staff to be with us, and we invite you to come and bring covered dishes to share during that evening meal of fellowship together. We'll also have some music that evening as well. So please mark that on your calendar. If you've never been a part of that, that is a really special thing. We do need host families. If you would be here that evening and you would sit with a patient, help a patient fix their meal, share with them at the table, please sign up outside of my office door. Uh, we just need that to, to happen. That makes it a little bit more personable for them. Note in the Faithful Saints listing, we've added one more, Thurland and Sophie Osborne, so please add that to your list, and we will be delivering those cards when we go Christmas caroling on the 13th. So please make note of that and all the rest of the things that are listed in uh, on your bulletin. At this time, I'm going to recognize Miss Ellen. She's going to say a quick word about Friday and Saturday's uh, special event. I'd like to take the moment to offer you a special invitation to join us Friday night, Saturday night. Joe Webb and his Christmas review of the 50s is giving you a special gift. If you weren't a part of this last year, you missed it. Put it on your calendar. This is a gift that they are giving you. It is awesome music. Matt Whitfield, Linda Green are part of this group. The only thing you need to bring is yourself to enjoy it. But if you'd like to bring a can of food, a box of grits, um, leave it at the door, or you may make a monetary donation to the food closet, whichever your choice may be. We'd also like to invite all you bakers in the house who haven't signed up. We do have a silent auction from 6 to 7 for you to come and participate. There will be dessert and coffee and cider during intermission. Don't miss it. This is your chance to see Joe Webb in the 50s in review. 
Thank you, Ellen. One thing that I did fail to mention and I want to just uh, make you aware of, this Wednesday evening in the Lighthouse Room during our prayer meeting time, there will be a budget discussion. Um, you received the proposed budget for 2016 at our last business conference. This will be discussed this Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock in the Lighthouse Room. Uh, so just come prepared for that. Keith. Let us pray as we close. Father, we thank you. Uh, for your presence here this morning. Lord, help us to live in expectation, hopeful expectation of the things that you want to do in our lives as we go season and as we continue on in the greater ministry of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Father, we love you. Bless each one here today and as we leave this place, may we be your light and love as we, as we leave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.